Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has all the odds, props, promos, and parlays you need during the bowl season in college football. 40 bowl games, a chaotic playoff picture that's going to have Michigan versus Alabama, Washington versus Texas, great college football on the way. You can use our promo code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V with the link in the description to this episode and you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at Bet Online Sportsbook. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good Morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast, live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this podcasting thing. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose. And we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be choosing. Welcome, 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 everybody. We have a fantabulous episode coming at you today of Wired Up on a Fantabulous Sunday, December 17th. So excited to have you along here with us. We need to just take a brief, brief journey to our Star Wars baseball universe because Shohei Otani is now a Los Angeles Dodger. And I know that it kind of goes against the the arc of the story that we're driving between Star Wars and baseball over the last two years. But at the same time, for Shohei Otani to go from being the Jedi Master who can control both sides of the Force to then join the evil Dodger Empire. I mean, he's literally Darth Vader. Come on, he's literally Darth Vader in this equation. Like, Captain Juan Soto, which is just, if Han Solo were born in the Dominican Republic, that would be his name. Captain Juan Soto being captured at the end of Episode 5 of Star Wars, and Captain Juan Soto being traded away from the San Diego Resistance, I thought was the most perfect Star Wars outcome we were going to find as we got ready to make our Episode 6 Star Wars story. But no, we actually found an even more incredible storyline that matches Star Wars. Because the Jedi Master Otani, who had mastered both the dark and light side of the forces, being able to pitch and hit, the chosen one, greatest player to play baseball, his two and a half year prime being one of the greatest baseballs experienced. Not only did he go to join the dark side, and the Holy Dodger Empire, but he also did it by adjusting his contract in such a way that will save the Dodgers $24 million per year against the competitive balance tax. 
And I know that he's going to make $2 million a year, but the more important number is that Shohei Otani is going to make $46 million according to the competitive balance tax as opposed to the $2 million per year he's actually going to get paid by the Dodgers. That's less important from a competitive advantage standpoint. And so it's so interesting to watch in real time that Jedi Master Shohei Otani is now joining the Holy Dodger Empire. And so we're just going to break that down. We were looking for any place to bring this conversation in. We did two preview episodes during his free agency. We're finally going to talk about the crazy flight that wasn't a flight that was maybe a decoy and maybe an intentional decoy that happened. It was all very interesting, and we're going to break it down right here. On the Take It Easy podcast, Wired Up episode 152, Jedi Master Shohei Otani joining the Holy Dodger Empire. Episode 5, The Dodger Empire Strikes Back. After five days of battles, a perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose... Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the Force. After their incredible victory, the Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner, while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their Empire State along the eastern seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim, who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, The Resistance is losing resources and ground, trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The Resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. Ten years, $700 million. That is what Shohei Otani signed with to be a Los Angeles Dodger for the foreseeable future. 
Kyle Ledbetter, what was your reaction when you saw the numbers? The numbers were interesting, and and obviously we don't have all the details yet because we don't know what the deferments will look like in his contract. But if we were thinking it would be six hundred million, six hundred fifty million, seven hundred million wasn't necessarily something we thought was in the cards. And at the end of the day, the Dodgers are the franchise that can pay that because we know what the Dodgers bring in in that regional television money. And additionally, we know what Shohei Otani brings when it comes to adding value to your franchise, non-baseball related. I mean, the the Angels were raking in cash during the Otani era, despite the fact that they weren't actually competitive. Every time you turned on an Angels game, you saw advertisements in Japanese behind home plate and on the pitcher's mound because that was the added value of playing for Anaheim. And I'm sure we'll see similar types of of arrangements with the Dodgers and in-stadium sponsorships and things of those sorts that will help the Dodgers bring back the money. Um, we'll, we'll dive more into what the money means, I'm sure, when we get into what the deferred payments mean and why the contract is at $700 million. But on the surface, when you see 10 years, $700 million, you just you stop and marvel at that because it, it's the largest contract in North American pro sports, and it, it beat the previous number by a good amount. <laughs> Did you see the stat that on Brock Purdy's current contract, he would have to play for 800 years to make what Otani made in just this deal? Yeah, I saw that uh, Shohei Otani has to play two MLB baseball games to make what Brock Purdy made this entire season for the San Francisco 49ers, which is ridiculous to think about. That's like eight at-bats for Shohei Otani to make a million dollars. It just shows parents teach your kids to play baseball and then teach them to be a two-way generational superstar that throws 97, can slug three home runs in that same game. By golly, they'll make $700 million. That's all you need to do. Come on. It's simple logic, guys. Come on. Uh, But yeah, I mean, obviously Shohei, well worth the money. You mentioned what he means as a brand coming to the Dodgers, which have their own brand in itself. The odds makers have said it's going to be the Dodgers all offseason. We've said it's going to be the Dodgers. Now, I joked in the last video saying I wanted to be the Giants. I just said the prediction. I said the Giants, but I knew in my heart. I knew in my soul it wasn't going to be the Giants. It was going to be the Dodgers. Now, a question I got to ask is, who had a more embarrassing offseason free agency gaffe? John Morosi saying that he was in Toronto or John Heyman with the arson judge stuff last year? Oh, the whole era that I've seen the internet, and I don't know how I feel about this nickname, but it's clever. Flight Show 37 that never happened for Shohei Otani. I just, that whole thing that happened Friday was incredible. Just truly incredible. From Because if you remember, and I wrote about this in my book, you guys should check it out. When Kawhi Leonard was re-signing or, or in free agency after the Toronto Championship, he flew to Toronto. His flights were intercepted. And a news helicopter chased Kawhi Leonard's car down the freeway in Toronto when they were going to meet at a hotel with the Raptors. This is not unprecedented territory for Toronto news media to be chasing flight trackers and looking at flight patterns to try and figure out who was going there. But what made it crazy was John Morosi reporting it as fact, despite the fact that all of this began as speculation on Reddit. And maybe the flight from Orange County to Toronto would have been Otani had all of this not broken and then he pulled himself off of the flight or the flight took off without him or whatever you want to say was the reason why Shohei Otani wasn't on that plane. But the fact that we had that information, that the internet was trying to decipher what Yusei Kikuchi's dinner plans were on Friday night, 
when he may or may not have rented out a luxury restaurant in Toronto. People were going crazy at that whole story. So, and then by the way, for Bob Nightingale to jump in and be like, actually, I know exactly where Shohei Otani is and he's at his house right now. For all of that to happen within a span of like three hours was just amazing. So Arson Judge was pretty funny, but I'm going to give it to Flight Show 37 as the the craziest, funniest free agent story that has happened over the last two years. I feel like if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan, you have to almost put the blame on Drake, though. Bring back the Drake curse because him rocking the Otani jersey on his IG story also internet but, gold but he only did that because john morosi reported that otani was going to toronto like drake only got involved in this game as a chain reaction to all of the stories that were coming out about flight show 37 like this this was drake jumping into the weeds of this whole crazy friday that happened in the baseball world which by the way i've seen drake at toronto blue jays games before but didn't know that he was this baseball fan who heard that otani was coming to canada and was like let me insert myself directly into the shohei otani free agent sweepstakes well it's like we've said the last couple weeks with the blue jays the blue jays are unique because they are canada's only team so drake being the spokesman for Canadian sports, of course, he's going to jump on that. And of course, he's going to endorse the Blue Jays, regardless of how big of a Blue Jays fan he actually is. So Drake saw the opportunity. Drake tried to make some headlines himself off of that and maybe make a partnership with Otani if he would have signed. One has to almost wonder, being that Toronto is kind of like open territory, is this almost like a missed opportunity for branding from Otani? Because the Dodgers are their brand. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. Dodger dogs the blue, the history, all the international superstars they already have to their legacy as is Toronto. He really could have put a stamp on there. And of course, you know, there was talks of him being the international superstar to dominate Canada, the US and Japan. So, hey, Otani, I don't feel like needs all that much more when it comes to branding, right? Like he's Shohei Otani at this point. And if this is going to come back around to the Dodgers, like the thing that I think people don't realize about this free agency saga, this was two years in the making for the Dodgers. The Dodgers purposefully did not go after Trey Turner, at the very least not go all in on bringing back Trey Turner, a player that they gave up significant prospect capital to acquire. Like when they traded Josiah Gray and they traded Kiebert Ruiz, Those were players that previously they were not willing to include in trade packages going all the way back to like Manny Machado becoming available back in 2018. So like they traded significant prospect capital for Scherzer, who ended up getting hurt and didn't really play all that much in his half a season with the Dodgers and Trey Turner, who was a foundational piece of the greatest regular season team in Dodger history. They did not pursue him in free agency they gave away cody bellinger for free just to clear up the flexibility to go after this guy specifically and also you know justin turner goes out the door but jd martinez is a temporary stopgap they bring in jason hayward on a one-year contract knowing that it wasn't a guarantee he'd be back for 24 i know he's signed a one-year extension now but it wasn't a guarantee at the time that hayward would come back like they spent two years constructing a roster to go after otani and pay otani whatever he wanted and we'll see what happens from that standpoint but i don't think otani should worry about the branding of like being toronto's guy or being the dodgers guy because like he's shohei otani the dodgers of all franchises with the reputation with the brand that you're talking about more money than god They were willing to set all of that aside 
to push this team in the Otani direction, to push themselves in the Otani free agent direction. And good for Shohei Otani. He gets to make $700 million and he doesn't have to move houses. (laughs) Speaking of missed opportunities, I guess I have to approach this from the Giants fan perspective. On Friday, I was seeing reports that the Giants were offering somewhere in the ballpark at $600 million. And then I'm seeing reports from John Heyman last night that says the Giants weren't even included in the top three. One has to speculate and wonder what type of pressure this now is going to put on Farhan Zaidi going into this season because yet again another big fish doesn't sign in San Francisco once again not even in the top three if you're seeing reports like that you're like damn what were the three teams that jumped ahead of the Giants in the speculation of course I assume the Blue Jays were in there but was what was that third team was it Chicago was it the Braves we heard their name get floated around as we got closer to Shohei signing officially so what do you make of it from the Giants standpoint For the Giants, what did I say in our very first video? I've seen the Giants get leveraged in free agent negotiations too many times to believe that they actually have a chance to land Shohei Otani. Because we said it from the very beginning, in what world are the Dodgers who have been motivated for two years to sign this player going to get outspent by the San Francisco Giants? A team that has money, has spent money, but hasn't been willing to spend that $300 million kind of money that the Dodgers have had no hesitation of doing, because this is now the second time that the Dodgers have done this, not just signing a player to 300 plus million, but also deferring the money well after their career is done. Because Mookie Betts is going to get paid like $7 million a year from like age 40 to 55 as well. But the Giants have been willing to spend that money. They just haven't been willing to have anyone take their money because Carlos Correa, he did sign... They got cold feet and backed out of it. They were going to sign Aaron Judge to a substantial contract, but he said, I'm going to stick with the Yankees. They wanted to sign back in the day. Let's go way back. John Lester. I don't think they made an honest attempt at re-signing Chris Bryant. Bryce Harper, reportedly, they were offering a big contract, but he chose to go to Philadelphia at the end of the day. So the Giants have thrown out big money contracts at players, free agents, but it hasn't worked. It hasn't been enough. And it makes me kind of like wonder, What is it? Because it's clearly not California taxes when we consider that Shohei literally just signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Los Angeles is in California, the last I checked. Uh, Is it the ballpark? Are power hitters scared away from the ballpark? Well, they brought the fences in in center field. They made some improvements to make it more hitter-friendly. Still one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks in baseball. What is it about this Giants? Is it just Farhan Zaidi is a terrible negotiator, and when they go in there, they just can't seem to close the deal. And if that's the case, why did you extend this guy? Juju, the Giants have made the playoffs one time in the last seven years. And I know that one year they won 107 games, but they also lost to the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs. Again, though, again, why did you extend Farhan Zaidi, though? If you're bringing up, you've only made the playoffs once in the last seven years. We're at the point now where most of this team, if not all of this team, is Zaidi guys. It's it's kind of the New York Knicks syndrome where like the New York Knicks can get people that want to sign with their team. There are lots of people who want to play for the New York Knicks. You just got to put forth a reputation of competitive baseball. And I know the Giants won the division in 2021 and won 107 games. They lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs. 
by proxy, I think the Dodgers should have taken that NLS banner back with them to Los Angeles after the series ended. So like the Dodgers have ran that division for 10 years in a row. They've won nine division titles the 10th year. The Giants won and the Dodgers beat them in the playoffs like it's their division. And the Giants would have to pay a premium to sign some of these guys the same way that San Diego is paying a premium to sign some of these guys, whether it's Xander Bogarts, whether it's Manny Machado, like you're going to have to pay up in order to compete. And the Giants from what reports indicate, weren't willing to go into that $700 million territory with Otani, which in fairness, the Dodgers aren't really either if you break down what deferment actually means in that contract. But the Dodgers had the foresight to to spend against their future assets in order to separate themselves from the Otani sweepstakes. And maybe the Giants had a plan in place like that. Maybe they weren't as creative with their uh, contract offer and stuff. And, and maybe it was always going to be the Dodgers in the first place. But yeah, it seemed like exactly what we were talking about at the beginning happened, which was the Dodgers were not going to get outspent by the San Francisco Giants. They're hedging against future assets in order to put a bid forward that nobody else was going to match when it came to Otani. At the end of the day, the Dodgers check all the boxes that we said for Shohei Otani, right? We said a team that can win, that can compete. The Dodgers, as you mentioned, have been winning the division repeatedly. They've won 100 games pretty consistently over the last couple of years. They have star power in their lineup. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts surrounding Otani in a lineup. Forget about it. That's scary. They have the big brand. They're in Los Angeles. He didn't even have to move. Didn't have to move. He's literally gets to stay in Southern California where he already was for his time being in the U.S. Great. He got the great big contract, which $700 million for a guy coming off his second Tommy John. That's insane. And as much of a good player as I think Shota Otani is, I think part of the value in him is being the two-way player he is. So the Dodgers are taking a huge risk here and signing a guy that might only be Shohei the hitter moving forward. We don't know. We'll see. Maybe he comes back stronger from that second UCL injury, but it's hard to say exactly. Again, the Dodgers just fit every little tick mark that you could ask for for Shohei whenever we were kind of like evaluating his choices of where he would want to go. So it's not a surprise. It's not something that people should be shocked about. I don't think anyone was really shocked when they saw that he signed with the Dodgers, except if, again, you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan and you got your hopes up. Uh, We didn't really address the Angels stuff. Did you have any final thoughts there as far as, again, their failures to trade him last year and their failures to even be in this race this year? No. I mean, for the Dodgers, that was the team they were saying for 18 months that he was going to sign with, right? They were saying the Dodgers are the team, the Dodgers are the team, and the Angels mismanaged the whole thing. They walk away with nothing for Otani at the end of it, and now Shohei Otani will probably go into the Hall of Fame wearing Dodger blue. I mean, the Angels, if you're talking about what the Angels are doing going forward, I mean, they've made it clear that Mike Trout is available for a godlike offer. Any team can trade for Mike Trout if they want to. I don't think anyone is in the negotiating room right now around a Mike Trout trade. But I mean, the Angels are just kind of stuck in neutral. They lose out on Shohei Otani. That doesn't really help their chances of making the playoffs, although baseball makes no sense. So maybe something stupid will happen. I mean, it will go down as one of the great wastes of an early career in baseball history. It doesn't usually get that transparent. Like when you talk about Bryce Harper with the Washington Nationals, like you can point to making the playoffs with Bryce Harper. You can point to deep playoff runs that got 
spoiled by Clayton Kershaw or whatever you want to point to, but like it's never as transparent as you had the best player in baseball and just didn't make the playoffs. It's rarely ever as transparent as it's been bad for the Angels right now. So yeah, I mean, the Angels miscalculated this thing and Artie Moreno miscalculated it. Perry Messiah, the the general manager, miscalculated this thing, and this is the end result that we all knew was coming. There were he was never going back to the Angels, and it was never in question that he was going to go back there. So yeah, tough break, Anaheim. I don't want to like rub salt in the wounds on this one, but like yeah, you it's a colossal failure, and now you get to watch Shohei Otani go make the Hall of Fame and put Dodger blue on his cap when he goes into the Hall of Fame. Ouch. Tough break for Anaheim. Baseball hell once again. Anyway, guys, well, what do you think of Shohei signing with the Dodgers? What do you think of the numbers, the deferments, all the breakdown financial? We'd like to hear your thoughts. Leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social medias from Juju and Kyle. Stay safe, happy, healthy. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.